When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, our weekly roundtable with Mary Kay Cabot, Doug Marie, Scott Patsko, Ellis Williams, and me. And today we are going to draft non-quarterbacks. This is part of our Bark Week coverage where we're focusing on Miles Garrett this week. And we're just kind of trying to place Miles Garrett where he belongs on that list of non-quarterbacks in the NFL. So we decided to just draft non-quarterbacks, so that's what you're going to hear on this podcast. Now, make sure you're subscribed to Football Insiders. You can check out all of our Bark Week coverage at cleveland.com slash browns. There's a big blue banner right at the top of the page. Click on that, get more information, and get signed up. Okay, let's get right to it. Our Friday roundtable here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. And away we go here on our Friday roundtable. As I said in the intro, we are drafting non-quarterbacks. We're going to slot Miles Garrett in here as we go along. I'm very curious to see where he ends up. Uh, here's our draft order. Doug is going to have the number one pick, Scott number two, Ellis number three, Mary Kay number four, and I will have number five. Let's get right into it. Doug Maurice, pick number one in the non-quarterback draft. I want to know if this is as big a no-brainer as I think it's going to be. I think it has to be. I feel like this is a, like the quarterback draft in a lot of ways that picking number one is not that interesting because there is one no brainer. I feel like the draft starts at two. Is there anybody who wouldn't pick Aaron Donald here? I mean, is that, is there a football fan? Is there a football media member? Is there anybody in the league that wouldn't pick Aaron Donald here? I mean, he's like number one in every analytical thing. I mean, he's like a defensive end playing tackle. He's, I mean, he's just the guy. I, I mean, if you follow football, does anybody disagree? No, I think it's impossible to disagree with this. You, you watch him, you know, whatever you want to look at the eyeball test. When you watch the Rams play, you see how dominant he is. When you look at advanced numbers, PFF, whatever, you see how dominant he is. When you look at raw stats, you see how dominant he is. I don't think there's any argument here with Aaron Donald. We probably don't have to spend a ton of time on this one. So Scott, how about if you take us to uh, pick number two? I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. Give me the, tight end who cannot be covered who almost had I think second in received in receptions this year and we saw him pretty much juke Denzel Ward out of his socks uh, in the playoffs he makes your quarterback better give me the give me the tight end who can't be covered right is this our first kind of shot or do we have a shocker already did we think a tight end would go number two I mean if you're starting a team you're probably not taking Kelsey here but we're talking about best player who wasn't a quarterback right I would argue that, you know, if we're starting a team that Kevin Stefanski's drafting, this might be yeah. his pick. You know, we just did a whole guy to watch the tape on how important that tight end position is. And the the thing that has been missing from Kevin Stefanski's offenses, both in Minnesota and now in Cleveland, is just the bona fide number one or two tight end in football. Like, imagine what the Browns offense would look like with Kelsey or Kittle. So it, I, under, I understand the pick, though, that the value of the tight end position isn't probably up there with some of those other spots. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's, it's less fun to get bogged down by position, you know, in something like this, that's like, all right, edge rusher, edge rusher, edge rusher. I get it. But right. I tried to think of it in terms of like how much better you were compared to everybody like you, like guys yeah. who were different guys who were like, well, uh, so, and I think Kelsey, there's a couple guys I thought fit that Kelsey fits that. I mean, who's like that. So I, I didn't have him too, but I don't disagree with the pick. He's an elite pass catcher, and he, he actually he graded at 77.2 as a run blocker. So he's excellent at that as well. It's doing two jobs. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a case to be made for it, and I think you guys all did. I just I, I think it's really interesting that, that he's going here number two. I do wonder if there's, even, if there's people out there who would argue if he's even the best tight end, if he's even the number one tight end. So, I mean, that's what makes it interesting. I think he's certainly in that discussion. Uh, but I don't know, maybe somebody up here would pound the table for a George Kittle if you're going to take a tight end here or something. I, I, I think that's part of what makes it a really interesting pick. Mary Kay, what do you think of it? 
You know what? It's probably a little higher than I think I would have gone here with a tight end, but you can certainly make a case for it. I think that, uh, you know, I, I probably still might have gone uh, with just one of those fearsome edge rushers here, but I don't dislike the pick. I mean, I, I have Travis Kelsey very, very high on my list and uh, he's, he's a heck of a player and he, he came up so big uh, in, in that game against the Browns and in the playoffs. I like the pick. Ellis, why don't you give us our third pick here? Y'all ready for this? I am taking Alvin Kamara, a running back. Love number. it. Thank you, Doug. Look at that. If Doug, hey, if Doug showed me love, you know I'm making the right pick. For exactly what Doug said about the Kelsey pick, this to me is less about position value and just about being different. How do you influence a game? Alvin Kamara, and there's one more running back on this list. will be interesting to see. Maybe I can land both of them. Um, Alvin Kamara <laughs> is just a, a walking mismatch, right? And for anyone that questions that, go watch the Saints' uh, second-round game. It was when they stole the the play from the Bears, that deep shot like that Jameis Winston threw the touchdown. They used Kamara on like a, a swing to the left, and three players go with Alvin Kamara. I mean, if running back wasn't valuable, then three players aren't going with him and creating a wide open touchdown, right? So Kamara can do everything better than the only other guy on this list that I think is a, a walking mismatch at that position. I think Kamara is a no-brainer to build your offense around. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> can I be fun? It's a rock. Is this Ellis or is this Dave Gettleman? Who made that pick, really? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I think, I mean, Ellis and I are on the same wavelength here, as he said. Kamara's not a running back. That's the thing here. He didn't pick a running back. He picked an offensive nightmare. Yep. He's a running back and a receiver. So, all right, positional value, I get it. There is not somebody like this. Whoever you're going to pick next at running back is not like this guy. Now, you can argue, well, so he might, someone else might do something else better. He's not like this guy. So I had him six on my list, but I do not disagree at three. Christian McCaffrey's not like this guy? Not like this at this level. Saquon Barkley? Different players. I mean, those are guys that have had 2,000-yard seasons. Like, all around, all purpose, 2,000 all-purpose yard seasons. Fair enough. I can't, we, we just had a tight end. And then a running back <laughs> go two and three in our draft here. Paul De Podesta is somewhere just pounding his fist against his desk. I was going to say, take that for data. How this positional it? value uh, chart that we're putting together here. All right, Mary Kay, <laughs> let's bring mm. back some sanity to this thing. Oh gosh. I, I think, I don't think I have any sanity to lend here because I'm kind of struggling with who I wanted to pick here. My, the, the guy that I'm about to pick here is way too high here for here, but I'm going to go with him anyways. I'm going to put TJ Watt here. I think he contended for um, NFL uh, defensive player of the year. Again, probably a little bit too high for TJ, but he had a hell of a year. He led the NFL in sacks. Uh, he was disruptive. And I, I just, I like those kind of guys that can disrupt the passing game and wreck the game for you. So I'll go with TJ here. I love everything you're saying, except when you keep saying he's probably too high. I think you can make a case for TJ Watt at two. He has the best pass rush win rate in the league. He led the league in pressures by a ton of a group of great edge rushers. If we're saying, I can't believe no edge rusher has gone yet. I think he's the best edge rusher. Yeah. So, okay. Donald's the clear number one. If Scott had picked TJ Watt, I would not have disagreed with it. I had him third on my list. I completely agree with this. I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here. And Scott, Scott, I'm curious what you think about this because you guys have watched way more Pittsburgh games and just have been around TJ Watt longer than I, I wonder how much, like he's a freak of a player. I understand that, but how much of his production is enhanced due to the talent he just plays with across that defensive line? Is there, is, and, and just in general, you know, Bud Dupree on the other side, is there any merit there? Like Scott, when you hear that, do you, do you, do you hear me at all? Or is it, am I just haven't seen enough TJ Watt football? I mean, you can say that about a lot of great players, but okay. I think he's, He's definitely somebody I considered for two. Okay. So I, this isn't too high for me. I mean, I think he's definitely top five. He's getting better. I mean, you know, as, as you see him go along, uh, he, he's getting better. And I kind of, I think Aaron Donald, you know, won a little bit this year because of his name, because of who he is. I think sure. if you, if you looked at the season that TJ Watt had, uh, he had every single thing that you would need to be NFL defensive player of the year, including leading the league 
uh, with sacks and he didn't even play in that last game against the Browns. So he probably would have had a couple of more, at least maybe one more. So yeah, I, I think he should have gotten it. He led the league. I'm looking at pro football reference in pressures with 61. The number two guy had 45. Like that's separation. Again, that's, that's difference making to me. There's really a handful of edge rushers you could take here, kind of where we're at, including mm-hmm. the reason we're doing this whole thing. Right. Uh, there's just a handful of guys and TJ Watt certainly can make the case for being on, on top of that list of a handful of guys. I am not going to take an edge rusher here though, at number five, because I do sort of want to mix it up a little bit, not quite as much as, as Ellis did there with his Alvin Kamara pick, but I do want to mix it up a little bit, not just go a bunch of edge rushers here in the first round. We already have Donald who, more pass rusher, not really an edge rusher. He's an interior guy, uh, TJ Watt. So I'm going to go with a cornerback here. I'm going to take Xavier Howard, an 89-6 coverage grade, a 53 rating when targeted this year, 10 interceptions, 20 passes defensed. I was going to go either him or Jalen Ramsey. I'm going to go with Xavier Howard in this spot, uh, our first cornerback off the board at number five. I love the. I like the pick. I love the player. I just, I think you picked the wrong corner when you said those two names there. Should I have taken Jalen? In my opinion, just when you look at Jalen's tape and and the documentation of just the number one corners, he truly does follow and mirror across the league. It is Daryl Rivas-like, longer. And I think Howard benefits from a lot of what the Dolphins do there schematically. Still a, a great pick and the value pick of the position. I just, I'm, I'm, I love how Jalen Ramsey plays football. I don't, I feel like not that he's a one-year wonder. I don't think he has the, the length of success as some other guys on this list that he was very good this year. And if you want to argue, he was the best corner in the NFL in 2020. I think you can argue that. Is he the best corner in the league going forward? I don't know if he'll replicate it as much as I feel like there are some guys on this list who I have ahead of him. I had him 15th on my list. So it's not crazy. I just think there's the guys I have ahead of him. I feel like I've done it a little longer. You know what? I don't think it's it's uh, it's a bad pick at all here, just because I think turnovers are so vitally important to what you do. And I mean, they they the first thing any coach will tell you is we need to win the turnover battle. Uh, there was a year when the Browns went under Butch Davis. They went nine and seven or something like that. Scott, you would obviously remember this because you remember all those kind of things. You're our historian, but. It was because Anthony Henry had a million interceptions that year. And I think a, a major reason why uh, the Dolphins were able to do what they were able to do is because of these interceptions that he provided. They're absolutely huge, and they trump a lot of different things that a cornerback can do. So I don't think this is a bad pick here at all. Can I throw something out at you guys? I'm, I'm just really curious about this because I think it, it might vary. Which position do you value higher? Which position do you put a higher premium on? Edge rusher or corner? Because I actually believe if you took like a poll of NFL executives or NFL personnel people, I think you'd get a mix of answers. I don't think it would be edge rusher across the board. John Dorsey would pick corner. I think Paul DePodesta might even lean corner. Yeah, you're right, Dan. That, That has shifted. I mean, I would have to say, that you know, maybe even five years ago, uh, the slam dunk answer on that would have been pass rusher. Uh, but now with the way the game has changed so much and there's just so much focus on the passing game. And so I, I would say that you would get a 50, almost a 50-50 split on that. Yeah, I would say corner, consistent corner play is more valuable. The money isn't where it should be on corners versus edge rushers, but I think the, the value is, is definitely slanted towards corner. I will say, I think in this case, even though there's a bunch of good edge rushers, I think Watt to me is a little more above the pack. Howard's in the mix. I don't know that there's a clear separation of like, he's definitely the number one corner in the league. I think there's maybe a top group, which would affect something like this. But I think you guys are make good arguments about corner in general. Right. I'll, I'll answer it this way. The only other player I would only corner I would take aside from a defensive lineman, like Aaron Donald going one is Jalen Ramsey. And then I think we're talking TJ Watt and maybe one or two other edge rushers and then the value corner. But I think Jalen Ramsey to Doug's point is a, is a cl- just a little like a tier higher than the, the rest of the league. Okay. Well, that guy is still on the board here after our first round, which went Aaron Donald, Travis Kelsey, Alvin Kamara, TJ Watt and Xavier Howard. So Doug, 
Kicking off our second round, you're on the clock. Guess who I'm taking? I'm taking my number two player. I got my number one player at number one, and I'm getting my number two player at number six, following my philosophy of being different, being unlike anybody else at your position. And maybe not positional value. There are other good guys at this position, but there are no other guys like this guy in the league. And I'm taking Tyreek Hill. Yeah, it's a great pick. I, I, I the, the playoff run really made me realize like Rashard Higgins and Tyreek Hill play completely different positions. You know, they're both wide receivers. They play completely different positions. It's, it's a wonderful pick. There's no one like him in this league. That's an interesting pick. And I don't have like a big argument against it. You know, we see what Tyreek Hill means to this chief's offense and how they use him in motion. I mean, it's an absolute, I don't know how you defend it when they're running Tyreek Hill left and right and left again before the snap. And you've already got to deal with Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and all of that. It's really difficult. You know, obviously there's, there's receivers that I think traditionally people would maybe go with a Devonte Adams, a Stefan Diggs, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, somebody like that, but Tyree kill is right up there. And he's not like a you receiver. Said, like, you're kind of going with he's, he's different. He's a different type of player than those guys. Kamara's not a running back and Hill's not a receiver. They're more similar as players than they are similar to the other people who play the position that we call them. They're guys who will kill you catching it or running it. And you do not know how to cover them. I've never agreed with Doug Lee Murray so much in my life. Keep preaching. <laughs> <laughs> two chiefs on the top six picks and remember who the top pick in our quarterback draft was that's why the chiefs are are who the chiefs are you know yeah i mean i i like this pick just uh you know watching him throughout the season and throughout over the years but even into the playoffs with just that devastating speed i mean you just like you said doug you can't cover the guy it doesn't matter what you do uh it doesn't matter who you have it's you're, you're going to struggle against Tyreek Hill with that blazing speed and it also it really made me uh realize just how much the Browns do miss that kind of speed from their receiving core and they need to add that they need to get that this year they need to have that element of fearsome fearsome speed okay Scott we are up to you pick number seven your second round pick all right, well, if Tyreek Hill isn't a, isn't a receiver and isn't the best receiver in the league, then it's this guy, Devontae Adams. I'll take him next. Uh, best route runner. I mean, we, we all see the highlights every week of him making somebody look stupid off the snap with that, with that step and then and juke inside and you can lose anybody. And I got Kelsey and, and Devontae Adams to throw the ball to. I'm set. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it can't argue with that. <laughs> you know, he, he might be the best receiver in the NFL. I, I will ask this. Well, maybe I shouldn't because we're, we're going to keep going in this draft. So Ellis, let's just move on to you. Well, uh, I will, I will interrupt and say, Dan was joking at the top of like how the edge rushers were taking one edge <laughs> in seven picks. Well, I, I mean, maybe I think people thought there might be four in the first round. Right. So I, I am curious that that's sort of where we are so far. This is, this is a tough spot to be in. I want to lean offense. There are a plethora of edge rushers on the board. And I, I don't think I can be the one to pull the trigger because there's a question I want to ask you guys when it happens. So perhaps I'm reacting to a run here, but I think there is some separation in this league after this name. So I'm going to take Stefan Diggs. I, I think he's Antonio Brown. I, I said it when the Vikings drafted him and he leaves Minnesota and he, he does Antonio Brown like things. It, Adams and him are probably toe to toe. In, in route running, I'd give Adams the, the, the edge on releases. It, and there's just something about Diggs underneath with the ball in his hands, uh, you know, some jet options that uh, Adams can't do. But you're, you're splitting hairs here. Uh, give me Stefan Diggs again because of the run. And I, I do think there's a drop off after this at that position. So this is interesting because I do wonder, you know, Stefan Diggs had a great year in Buffalo, was fantastic in Minnesota. But Ellis, you mentioned that drop off. I know they're different types of players, but is there that big of a difference if you take Stefan Diggs or DeAndre Hopkins? So, or, it, I mean, we could start throwing out other names too. And maybe it is a step down to a guy like a DK Metcalf or an AJ Brown or somebody like that. Is there that significant of separation that you wouldn't take a, a more traditional pick here that you, that you keep this run going on wide receivers? 
Right. I do have Hopkins right there on four on my list. I'm looking at it right now. So that probably is the actual drop off. I was a little bit disappointed in Hopkins, both usage in Arizona this year and just the, I think it was an offensive problem with Hopkins. So I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. You know, Hopkins is probably that, that one last guy for the type of receiver that Diggs is. And I think is a, a bit more versatile, the type of receiver that, you know, Kevin Stefanski would, would use in, in, in jet motion type ways that Hopkins is just traditionally on your outside numbers guy. I'll take him over Hopkins in this situation and we'll let the edge rushers fall. And I'm, I'm probably going to get a nice one on the way back. The edge rushers are starting to fall too far. Okay. I, like I don't, I, I don't think there's, I actually think Diggs is in a pack with a decent number of guys here. There's at least two more I'd put in with him. I actually didn't have him in my top 20. He's oh. good. But in terms of difference, right? I mean, like he, before he got to Brian Daybowl and Josh Allen, would he have been here? I mean, just like, it's like, okay, well, who, who are guys that are affected negatively by their offense? He's affected positively by a quarterback with the big arm and a play caller that everybody thinks is great. Now, Diggs also made Josh Allen much better because Josh Allen didn't look like this until he got Stephon Diggs. They're both great. I just don't know that he's as different as I think another big group of guys still available in my mind. Just looking at some of the names on my list, you know, would I be happy with an Allen Robinson? Yeah, I'd probably be happy with that guy or Keenan Allen. Or, and I'm not saying those guys are Stephon Diggs. I already mentioned AJ Brown or, or DK Metcalf. I feel like maybe maybe this is one of those points where I, I don't know, Ellis, I think you might've reached here. I picked the wrong corner. I think you might've reached here for a wide receiver. Yeah. I, I hear you on the reach. I think we're having disagreement on is where I put digs in, in my head on a, a sort of pedestal here. Maybe it's the Minnesota in me, <laughs> uh, but those receivers you named like, you know, the Keenan Allen's and DK Metcalf's I, I do think there's a, a, a decent gap in between being able to make Stefan Diggs the focal point of your offense and, and some of those guys being really good B plus caliber receivers. All right, Mary Kay, who do you have here with your uh, fourth pick in the second round? I think I'm going to go with Khalil Mack here. Great Ooh. pick. Very Thank quietly. Had a, had a good year. Yeah. Didn't make the headlines he did a few years ago, but just very quietly had a great year. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now. I think he had about 10 sacks. Uh, he graded out very, very highly like a 92.3 or something like that. I mean, he just had a really nice year. He's just a dominant player. Yeah. I, I like the, you know, I like those big disruptive defensive guys. So I've got TJ Watt and I've got Khalil Mack. You got some edges there. I could double up here. Oh, Doug, were you going to say something? I want to say, I just want to, I want to talk about this pick for a second because I think maybe I'm wrong. It's like, uh, I don't know. Are we getting in range? Maybe. I don't know. Are we getting in range? Khalil Mack in five of his seven years has graded out on PFF above 90. Miles has never graded out for a year above 90. I was curious if we, this might be a debate point at all. To me, Khalil Mack is sort of clearly a step above still Miles because he's done it for so long. And he's done it at such a high level every single year. The guy's resume is ridiculous. I had him fourth on my list and he went ninth. So like, I love this pick here. And when we're talking about edge rushers, like there were some people, this is where I would have said, I would take Khalil Mack again, obviously above several of the people that have gone already. I think he is an absolutely game destroying kind of guy that in a pack of edge rushers still is different than, than some of the guys behind him. I've got a situation here. I could take the cornerback that I didn't take in the first round. I could double up. I could pull the trigger on the guy that we're all kind of waiting. But I'm actually, maybe this is that next discussion point, Doug. I'm going to take an edge rusher here. It's not going to be the guy this entire podcast is about. I'm going to take Joey Bosa. Not, not his brother, Nick. I'm going to take Joey Bosa in this spot. I think when Joey has been healthy, and that has been an issue in his career, he is one of the most disruptive defensive ends in all of football. He's pretty good against the run. He's obviously a fantastic pass rusher. And we've seen ever since he came into the league, he's lived up to where he was drafted. He's lived up to the hype that came with him out of Ohio State. Uh, you just look at some of the raw numbers, 47 and a half career sacks. Now, Miles isn't far behind that. 
Miles has 42 and a half. So just from a raw number standpoint, he's pretty much on par with Joey Bosa, who's been in the league a year longer. But I'm going to take Bosa here. This could certainly be a case where one of you could raise your hand and say, no, you should have taken Miles. So do we want to have this discussion now or do we want to go to the first pick in the third round and have the discussion? Are you going to take Miles? Am I going to take Miles? <laughs> did, 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 did my number seven player just fall to me at 11? I mean, I don't want to jump the gun. Yeah, I'm taking Miles Garrett. So <laughs> well, then, yeah, we, of course we can have, have the discussion. discussion. We can have the discussion. Hey, it's Dan. We're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to tell you about Football Insider, where you can subscribe to get exclusive access to stories on cleveland.com slash browns. You also get a newsletter every single day with exclusive content that's written by Mary Kay, Scott, Ellis, or me. It goes right to your inbox. That stuff doesn't show up anyplace else on the site. You get that every single day, including on the weekends in your inbox. That's just for our Football Insider subscribers. And then there's our texting, where Mary Kay, Scott, Ellis, and I will text you throughout the day with news and analysis. We do Q&As. We answer questions. We have opportunities to come on the podcast and make picks. We do roundtables, all sorts of fun things with our texters, and we're going to start putting together some stuff for you to enjoy here in the offseason. So all you need to do is go to cleveland.com slash browns. There's a big blue banner at the top of the page. Click on that banner, get all the information you need, get yourself signed up, and get yourself access to all of that exclusive content that we have available only for our Football Insider subscribers. I had Joey Bosa slightly behind him, and, you know, I feel, whatever. I mean, I cover Joey every snap of his college career. Miles is more athletic than Joey. I'm writing a thing that I've actually – I'll tell people. I'm writing a book. I'm writing an Ohio State recruiting book, and so I've been talking to all these people. Joey, even back as a high school prospect, people, some people thought he was a little stiff. And when you talk about, like, Miles' bend and Miles, like, just how flexible he is <laughs> and how fast he is, Joey Bosa is a technician – Joey Bosa is a rock solid football player and he is a great athlete and he is a tremendous pass rusher. Miles is more athletic. I think Miles is top, top, top end, which I still don't think we've seen consistently yet is higher than Joey's. And so on my list, I had miles seven and Joey Bosa nine. It's that close, but I, I didn't hesitate that much in putting miles ahead of Joey Bosa. And I would be very curious where everybody is on this specific question of miles Garrett versus Joey Bosa. Scott, did I get this one right? Or should I take a miles? I think miles Garrett is too low here. And I do think I had him above Bosa. I had him seventh as well. And I had the seventh pick, but I had other people ahead of him. So (laughs) I was really hoping he was going to go like after, after I picked. Yeah. I think this is way low for him. I don't know. Full healthy miles Garrett is, is a dangerous dude and he should be higher than, than right here. Yeah, you know what? I had him seventh on my list as well. I had him number seven. Yeah, this is prob- this is probably a, a little low. I mean, I the the way that I saw him play before COVID this season, I mean, he he was lights out, and I really thought that he was really on his way to NFL Defensive Player of the Year uh, before he came down with COVID nineteen. And he still managed twelve sacks. He only played in fourteen games. I agree with Doug. I like him better than than Joey Bosa. I like him better from an athletic standpoint, uh, more than a lot of edge rushers, most edge rushers in the game today. I do think that if he can stay healthy and put together a full season, that that NFL defensive player of the year is in his future. And uh, so, yeah, I would say this is just the slightest bit low for me right here. Okay, so let me throw these throw this at you guys. You can just give me one word answers as, as we go back through this here. So Miles Garrett goes to your top of the third round. Would you take Miles Garrett over Travis Kelsey? No. No. Mary Kay? No. Okay. Alvin Kamara? No. Yes, probably. <laughs> I mean, I had him ranked over Kamara. Okay. Did I'm you, with, Dan? Uh, I mean, I, I would say, I would honestly say yes to both. Xavier Howard? Yes. I'd take Miles. I'd take Miles. Yeah, I'd take Miles. Over Xavier. in a tough spot because I'm the one that took Xavier Howard. <laughs> I think well, I would have taken. The- I actually think I would have taken Jalen Ramsey and stuck with Jalen. Uh, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek. Tyreek. Really interesting. Yep. Uh, Devontae Adams and Stefan Diggs. We'll just throw them both together. Miles. You go Miles. Miles. I would go I Miles. Played re- I played receiver. I'm clearly biased, huh? <laughs> I had Adams over Miles, so that's why I picked him there. Okay. So I, was just okay, so I had, I had miles seven 
Mary Kay had Miles seven. Where did everybody else have Miles? Seven. I, I didn't really have a list. I just sort of had positions and guys kind of that, listed in general. Yeah, areas yeah. Yeah, That's how you wind well, up taking Xavier and Howard fifth, Dan, when you don't have a list. Yeah, I, I, I should. <laughs> well, I, I wanted I to take a, a corner. Board. I should have made a big board. Did anybody else have Miles? I'm not letting Dan up. Did anyone else here have Miles over Joey Bosa other than Dan? I mean, they had Joey Bosa over Miles. Dan picked Joey Bosa instead of Miles. I, I would have picked Miles. Anybody else? Where, where, where would you have gone that comparison? I would have picked Miles over Joey. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm in a position to talk any ish about my team right now or regarding who I've picked so far. But had Dan picked Jalen Ramsey and Miles Garrett when he had those chances instead of the two guys he picked, I think he'd have the best team right now. But good, coming from the guy who just picked Stefan Diggs. So I, I, I know where we're going. I think I have a pretty good team. <laughs> it's just interesting how this happens that we all – I think this happened with Baker too. It's that we had them higher on an individual list, but they go mm -hmm. lower in the draft because we all right. have different guys above right. them. Right. So the reality is they sure. fall miles yeah. Garrett at 11, I think is wrong. Like I, I, that, I think Scott said it first. That's, I do think that's too low. I think like yeah. if we went back and did this again, yeah. and did it again, I just think 11 is too low yeah. when we have three, the only three people who actually made a list all had him seven. And he goes 11. That's a little weird, yeah. but it's just the mix of how we view things. But I think we all probably in the end would agree. Miles Garrett is one of the 10 best non quarterbacks in the NFL. Right. I mean, aren't we all yeah. he went 11th, but we're all there. Aren't we? Yes. Yeah. I, I think this is just a little bit slightly low. Yes. I, yes. So, and the one thing that I think maybe is unfair or maybe is right is I think a lot of times when we talk about miles and something like this, we talk about peak miles and mm -hmm. we talk about what would 16 games of peak miles look like and sort of what, what Ellis is getting at. Well, part of the point is, can you be peak at a peak for a whole season right now? He had COVID, he had a suspension, he turned his ankle his rookie year. I mean, it's not like there's a, a lingering thing here. I did look at PFF grades. I took the first seven games of the year. Which is, I mean, that was, there were a couple more games before he got COVID, but he kind of had the weird thing against the Raiders, right? Where he didn't play that much. Seven games, he had eight sacks and four, for, all four forced fumbles in the first seven games. Right. Overall, PFF defensive grades for those first seven grades games, he was the seventh rated overall defensive player in the league. And the only three pass rushers ranked ahead of him were TJ Watt. Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack. So if you're thinking about peak miles that I thought Watt, Donald and Mack should all go ahead of him, mm -hmm. but at his peak, if that's what you're going by and that's what you believe in, I think he's next. I, I agree. I, and that's how I picked him too. So, I mean, you can see that I picked TJ first. I picked Khalil next. I, I that's where I had miles in terms of edge after, after those two guys. Well, I mean, Aaron's not an edge, but I mean, in, in terms of defensive guys, I had TJ, Aaron, and Khalil, and then Miles. When I was tracking the Defensive Player of the Year award when Miles was still pretty healthy <laughs> earlier this season, it was, always, it was always Miles and Khalil Mack kind of flipping in those bottom two spots, three and four, after, after Donald and Watts. So it, it makes sense that uh, you know, those are the, the four guys we're talking about here. Let's take a break and then we'll uh, we'll continue with our draft here. And we are back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, drafting non-quarterbacks, Miles Garrett just off the board at the very top of the third round. We're going to finish the third round here, and then we're going to do one more round after this. So, Scott, this is your third pick here of the draft, the second pick of the third round. Trent Williams, the best tackle uh, in the game. It, it, he basically, you know, he misses a whole year and comes back and he's as good as he ever was. So I think he makes sense as being the first tackle that that's in our draft here. I, I think it's fascinating and how tackles are viewed in this league. This exercise kind of made me look at that. Like if you look at NFL drafts, you know, you look for tackles high, high in, in those spots, the Browns just picked one at 10 or what, like three in the, in the top 12 there four actually. But when you look at their dominance, you wonder like how much does just one tackle influence a football game? Look no further than the Houston Texans and Laramie Tunsil, a guy who grades out at 91 overall, and they even have Deshaun Watson, and they're still the Houston Texans. I think the Browns laid the blueprint on how tackles 
are maximized in this league. You need to address the other spots too. Like, like the Browns could have had like a weak point at guard and still had a really good offensive line here. I'm not saying you need five studs, but you need probably three solid offensive linemen to go and one of them being your star tackle for really to have an effect on the game, despite how valuable the position is. I thought you were going to say the Browns laid the blueprint for how to have a hall of fame left tackle and still stink. <laughs> which they also, me. Yep. Yep. Which yep. They also I left did. Yep. I left that out there. Predates me. Sometimes I forget who I'm talking to. I don't have a tackle in my top 20 because yeah. I thought there might be like five or six or seven or eight or 11 who are all pretty darn good. I feel like there are a decent number of, I wasn't, Trent Williams, I guess, is number one. But I don't know in terms of being special. I thought there was enough of a lump that I didn't take it. I didn't put any of them in my top 20. He's but nasty. I think there'd be there, there'd be six in the top 40, I guess. You think Trent's different? I do. I do. I actually I had to do a film study on him last year um, that never saw the light of day, obviously, because the Browns didn't acquire him. And it just he is a, a different breed, it, it, like that fierce but smart uh, aggressiveness it built like that prototypical tackle wall, the hall of fame style tackle. And he grades out. I mean, PFM just PFF just loves him. So I, I, I like the pick Scott. I was going to look at him possibly in this with my pick in, in the, uh, the last pick in this round, but you didn't want the Browns to sign him Ellis. I was for them <laughs> trading for him. And then the, the money, the, the money became an issue there. And Hey, I, I think it worked out. All right. You yeah, got to deal at left tackle. Yeah, it did. They did the right thing. Okay. Ellis, who are you taking? Some redemption here. Jalen Ramsey's still on the board. Jalen Ramsey is still yep. on the board. Yeah, so I should have taken him before I took Savon Diggs, but here we go. I'm taking Jalen Ramsey. I've already gushed about him early in the pod. I think he's just an absolute freak. Head and shoulders, the best cornerback in football. Tackles down in the run game. He's paid like $4 million more than the next corner in the league for a reason, making $20 million per season. Give me Jalen Ramsey. That's a good one. That's that's a a great spot for him. As you said, people. Yeah, you did. (laughs) I was hoping that you wouldn't pick him because I was going to pick him next. So (laughs) I needed it. it, Mary Kay. I left. I I left him out there for you guys. You're welcome. You're welcome on that one. Getting some real. See, so we talked about miles, right? That that he went too late and now Jalen Ramsey goes way too late as well. Uh, In both cases, thanks to me. So you're welcome to the people that that landed the, the players you wanted there. Mary Kay, who are you taking? Well, now I'm messed up because that's who I was going to take. So I got to, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to keep the quarterback cornerback train rolling along. Jer Alexander from Green Bay Packers. I actually think he might've been the top rated cornerback in the NFL this season, perhaps. He uh, he had a re- yeah. He had a really nice year. And so, I mean, there's so many different people you could, could have put in here, but I will, uh, I will go with him. Yeah, another stud. The only thing you can say about him is he's he's a little undersized. You know, five nine and a half, five ten, but it, it doesn't affect his game. It, a stud. He wasn't beaten for a pass longer than thirty two yards all year long. That that's pretty incredible when you think about it, especially the uh, level of talent that they played against. Go ahead, I was Scott. to say we have four edge rushers and three corners in, in our list so far. That's that's probably the ratio we should have. Although. Again, from our argument earlier, it could be flipped, but that's, I think that's still pretty good. He graded out at 90.7 on PFF overall this year. In 2019, he graded out at 71.9, and his rookie year, he graded out at 72.4. So I did not have him in my top 20, and I'm just leaning more on guys with a little more of a track record. And by the way, he's awesome, and the Packers lost to the Bucks because they couldn't cover anybody because they just threw <laughs> the, against the other guy. So what difference did he make? So I, I – I think I think there's there's some good longer. T- I also have some young guys I'm going to pick too. So I mean mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not going to. You can throw some young guys in my face later, but I just wonder like, are we sure he's this? Like, are we a hundred percent sure that he's this next year? He's this the year after? Because sometimes guys have a great year, and then that's not actually who they are. So well, like I said, I wanted Jalen Ramsey there, and Ellis messed me up. So you know, there so you that's go. That's what you I- get. So I had to come up with the next best thing. Doug, hey, Doug took Tyree Kill and I it threw my board. <laughs> That's why we draft. That's the round table. I think what we're learning here is none of us would operate very well in a draft room. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I God, na- they took my guy. <laughs> I've nailed every pick so far. My team is unbelievable. Get me in a draft room tomorrow. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't argue that. 
here we go. I've got a corner. I've got an edge rusher. I could go with another one of those guys here, but I'm going to go. I'm going to take a tight end in this spot. I'm going to take my guy. I'm going for the fun quotient. I'm going for the all around can catch can block is an absolute disaster to have to try and defend against. I think he's one of the best tight ends in football kind of forgotten about this year because he was dealing with some injuries, but here I'm going to go taking an offensive player. I'm going to make it George Kittle. I like the all around aspect of his game. And so that's my guy there uh, here at the end of the third round. So I've got a, a corner an edge rusher and now a tight end to catch the football from the quarterback that we're not drafting. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love the pick. Uh, like Scott said about the cornerback market and the inefficiency there, the same thing's going on at tight end. These guys are way too valuable and they're underpaid. And Kittle, aside from the injuries he dealt with this season, it has an argument for number one. Though I w- do think Kelsey is the number one tight end. You, you can't go wrong with George Kittle. But I think there's also a little bit of the, you know, what makes a guy different thing, right? Like we talked about with Kamara. You know, a lot of tight ends, you kind of just get into this spot where it's like, okay, what makes a guy like uh, Jonu Smith different from, you know, a bunch of other tight ends? Yeah, he's good, but is he that much better? It's really kind of Kelsey, Kittle, you know, Darren Waller had a great year this year. If he keeps it going, he could be in that class. But there's really only like, what, maybe three, four guys that are, you know, we we all remember Gronk in his prime. There's really only a few tight ends that separate themselves from kind of that big group in the middle there, I think. And, And Kittle and Kelsey are at the top of that list. I would have picked him, Dan, with my next pick if you hadn't taken him. Ooh, we keep ro- we keep robbing each other. <laughs> great pick. There we go. I did you a favor last time. I'm not doing it here. All right, so Doug, you are up to kick us off in our fourth and final round. My board, and maybe I'm skewed here, and not not to give everything away, but I don't pick anymore, so I can give it away. The next three players that I have on my list are all Ohio State guys. Yeah. So I am picking from among those Ohio State guys. There's a one other guy that I would consider here, but this might be a reach. And going by PFF, I went back a year because I had to. Uh, shoot. I think he's a little forgotten about. And no offense, I think he's the best Bosa. Mm. I'm taking Nick Bosa. I think he was a he was a popular pick for defensive player of the year coming into 2020. We didn't see him, but He's, I think, and I've talked about the Boses a lot. I get, I think he's a little more, he's a little more of a bull, I think, than Joey. I think Joey's a little more of a technician, but Nick has got it all. And I think we have just started to see the beginning of Nick Bosa. He kind of helped carry his team to the Super Bowl as a rookie. And then he got hurt. So if I'm going what someone's going to be like in 2021, I think if Nick Bosa had played in 2020, I think he might've gone in the first round of this draft. Because I think I think his top, top, top end might be a half step beyond Joey Bosa. So, and I think his top, top, top end is in miles range and maybe above miles even. It might be, I don't know. But I feel very comfortable. He was my number 10 player overall, and I'm getting him here at 16. Yeah, Doug, Doug's kicking my butt this podcast. I, I'm, I'm disappointed. It, it, I didn't want to ask about Nick Bosa because I was hoping he, he would keep dropping. I completely agree. I think he's the best Bosa I had uh, for edge rushers, TJ Watt, Cleo Mack, Miles Garrett, and then Nick Bosa. In Ellis's basketball football world, I see Nick Bosa like a LeBron James of just being the best athlete across that line every time he's out there. And I I love the pick. I I wish he would have got to me somehow. We talked about Nick Bosa before, uh, while we were, before we came on. And Doug was mad that I brought the name up because he, he was going to be his sleeper pick here at the yep. end. So he, he got the guy he wanted and, and good for you. I think that's a great pick. If you, I should have kept my fat mouth shut, although you would have taken him anyways, but I would have taken him in this round if, uh, if I could have bummed out that he, he's not left for me to take. And I think that's a heck of a, a pick by you. I deserve that for being late. I would have had that intel had I showed up on time and I would have reached for Nick Bosa then because I, I think he's incredible. I deserve it. Doug's team is just a nightmare for quarterbacks. Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, and Nick Bosa. Good luck. Good luck going against that front. <laughs> All right, Scott, your final pick. I'm going with Derrick Henry. I thought about Saquon Barkley here, but I don't know what he's going to be like. 
I mean, rookie Saquon Barkley is awesome, but is he going to be that again? We don't know. So I'm going to take Derrick Henry. He rushed for 2,000 yards this year. I mean, I had he's the he was the top running back on my on my list. So he's a good pick. And, and by the way, my my team is sneaky good, and I have a quarterback. His name is Travis Kelsey. He was a quarterback in high school. All right, so I got I got a guy who can throw the ball. I got the best route runner in Devontae Adams. I got Trent Williams blocking for everybody, and then good luck tackling Derrick Henry. So. I'll go up against against Doug's defensive team here any day. Scott very sneakily built a, a juggernaut on offense. This is actually a really interesting pick. I think this is worth pausing and discussing a little bit. Derrick Henry, you can't argue with the production. You can't argue with the type of back he is. Is this the right pick, though? Do you all agree that Henry is the best runner on the board, especially as we talked about with a guy like Kamara, right? You're looking for somebody different. Was he, was he the best option here? I, I kind of I don't know what Saquon Barkley is going to look like coming back off that injury. That's a big question mark. Christian McCaffrey almost almost uh, beat Chris Johnson's all-purpose yards total a couple years ago. I don't know. This, I, this is an interesting pick because I think there's Scott made the case for Henry. I think there's a case to make for other guys too. I'm curious what you guys all think of this one. I didn't have him in my top twenty. He does one thing. He's really good at the one thing he does. But I don't see – I think he is a – It's not. he's not a product of the system, but the level of his production to some degree is because they lean on him so much. But he's not as versatile as some of the other guys, Barkley and McCaffrey, that, that Scott just uh, – that Dan just mentioned. I don't – I'm not – I wouldn't necessarily dispute that another running back should have gone here. I just think there are other players left at different positions who still separate themselves a little more than Derrick Henry, who is a big physical back and – I think there's some other better guys out there. I love the pick for this reason. I agree with what Doug's saying. Like he does only do one thing really well, but he does that one thing head and shoulders better than anyone in this league. And with the, the, the icing on top of this pick for Derrick Henry, is I think he's on a short list of home run hitters in this league. Like there's Tyree kill. And then there also is Derrick Henry, despite of how, <laughs> how different they are in stature, the way he separates when he gets 15, 20 yards downfield you don't see it with guys his size. So when you have a guy similar to Nick Chubb having that home run hitting ability, like Kareem Hunt's a great back. He's not a home run hitter. Nick Chubb can swing a game. Derrick Henry can do the same thing. I think it's a nice pick. He only does one thing well, and you kind of know what it is, and he still does it really well. Exactly. Certainly is is a check mark in his favor. Okay, Ellis, who are you taking here with your third pick in the fourth round? All right. I'm not – totally upset with this he's a, he's a young guy which is i agree with doug in the, the sense that in, in drafts like this you, you want to have the resume but it's chase young and i'm talking to everyone people who live in ohio so you guys know what he was at ohio state but when the clip that mike tomlin had with chase young this year on the sideline when he told him that i don't ever want to lose enough games to get someone like you just completely solidified what Chase Young and what he really is in this league and what he's going to become the type of edge rusher where it's like, Oh, this league is going to be yours someday. Now miles Garrett's here. And I, I think miles is, is, has a higher ceiling, but man, when you got Mike Tomlin telling you that on the sidelines as a rookie, it speaks for itself. I'm, I'm happy with Chase Young here. I had him 13th on my board. Ellis just got him 18th. I think he's the best athlete of the three of the, of the Bosa brothers. He's the third Bosa brother. He's the, he has the highest ceiling of all of them. I think in terms of ceiling, I would go Chase Young, Nick Bosa, then Joey Bosa. I think Joey, again, is a technician. He's been in the league longer, right? So that's, he's been around. But I think if we do this list in three years, I think that might be the order that it ends up going in, that we would have Chase, Nick, then Joey. I, I was just going to say, he, he was a guy that I kind of had circled to, to keep an eye on if he, if he ended up falling to me. I really like the pick. I like where he's going. He's going to be amazing. I think this pick is going to look really good at the end of next year. Okay, Mary Kay, your final pick. Oh, <laughs> there's nobody. I've got nobody left that I really am excited about taking here, but I'm going to take Saquon Barkley. You know, I just don't think you can go that wrong with the Saquon Barkley. I think he'll come back strong. Uh, and, and I think that uh, he'll prove to be, you know, one of the best running backs in the NFL again, coming off that injury. Again, I'm not overly thrilled with taking a running back here. I thought about taking an offensive tackle, 
so I had a couple offensive tackles around here, but just in the end, I just decided to go with Saquon because I, I just think just from a sheer talent standpoint, he's just one of, one of the best I've seen. Yeah. Saquon's a guy that, you know, we've only seen it once really in that rookie year. He was absolutely incredible at the injury this year. Uh, you know, hopefully he'll kind of get it turned around here and, and have another year like that when he comes off this, this injury, because he's a lot of fun to watch play. Uh, as far as all around backs go, Saquon Barkley belongs in that discussion. So yeah, a lot of running backs for, off the board. If, if you're looking for an attribute that he had, does better than every, anyone, he's got the biggest quads in the league, right? <laughs> Separates him from everyone. My last pick here, you know, it's the last pick, whatever it does. I could go edge rusher here. I could take a corner. I could take a wide receiver, but I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to wrap up this draft by taking a Cincinnati Bengal. That's right. A Cincinnati Bengal. I'm going to go with the safety. I'm going to take Jesse Bates because I want a safety. He was one of the highest graded safeties in the league this year. He has, you know, one shaky year, two really good years. And I think this draft needs to end with a Cincinnati Bengal selected. And so I'm taking the safety, Jesse Bates, the third could have gone with a guy like Teron Matthew or somebody like that, but Nope. Cincinnati Bengals just having him drive up I 71 to my house and play on my team. Your team sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Clip that run that back. (laughs) Another missed the chance to end this draft with Wyatt Teller. He just totally blew it. <laughs> That's how it could have ended. He's the guy who flattened Matthew. Doesn't we're matter. Gonna up, we're going to pick up some Bengals fans listening. That's right. Is he different? Is he that much better than any than than the next best safeties? PFF loves him. PFF absolutely loves him. Uh, athletically, I, I I'm I'm not sure. I, I don't think so. I'd lean no, but PFF absolutely loves him. He's young. He's 24. Graded really well. I wanted a safety here. And I wanted a Cincinnati Bengal. But, and you didn't want, like, again, you said he had, what do you have, two bad years and then two good years? He had one good year. I'm sorry, sorry, two good years and one kind of shaky year when you look at the PFF grades for him. So his rookie year, he allowed a 42.3 rating when targeted. Last season in 2020, a 59.9 rating when targeted. And then in 2019, it was 94.8. So he had that one, that second year was a little shaky for him. And you're trying to win. You want to be a good team. You'd take him instead of Jamal Adams or Minka Fitzpatrick or Tyron Matthew or guys with longer pedigrees at safety. I'm taking a Cincinnati Bengal. All right. Well, Dan finishes last to the Cincinnati. Dan Dan finishes last in the draft with uh, (laughs) starting with Xavier Howard and wrapping up with Jesse Bates. (laughs) I was worried it was going to be me. So I dodged that bullet. All right. So here are our teams. If you guys want to hear them. Doug mentioned mine, Xavier Howard, Joey Bosa, George Kittle, and Jesse Bates. Uh, Mary Kay, TJ Watt, Khalil Mack, Jair Alexander, and Saquon Barkley. Ellis ended up with Alvin Kamara, Stefan Diggs, Jalen Ramsey, and Chase Young. Well, that's a sneaky good team right there. Scott, that. Travis Kelsey, Devontae Adams, Trent Williams, and Derrick Henry. And then Doug goes with Aaron Donald, Tyree Kill, Miles Garrett, and Nick Bosa. I mean, it's not even close. It's not even <laughs> close. Can we, before we go, can we, who did, who was like the next highest ranked person for the people who did boards that didn't get picked on your list? I didn't do a board. So I'm, I'm out on this one. Yeah, we I can think, tell. We know. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw a few out there. I think Christian McCaffrey needs to be mentioned. Even Dalvin Cook, perhaps by Minnesota bias showing again, though he gets 30 carries a game. Devin White in the Super Bowl pr- proved that he's a every down player, a sideline to sideline guy who it's, supersedes the linebacker position and there's probably some tackles here david bakiari towards acl so i didn't know if that was like a, we we're gonna use that as a knock against him but i do think scott deserves some bonus points for uh taking a tackle being the only one to take a tackle mm-hmm. right because for how important of a position it is we we kind of did just ignore it did we have did we take jamal adams i had him we did not take jamal nope. adams i had jamal adams on my list i had david bakiari on my list we, we only had one safety and one tackle my two highest ranked guys that did not get picked. I had Quentin Nelson at 16. I mean, I think he's clearly the best guard, right? So again, it's like, well, would you take a guard? But I don't want to get too wrapped up in positional stuff. So right, that might've yes. been high. I think the best overall receiver in the league because Tyree kills more than a receiver didn't get picked. And again, it's because it, Michael Thomas didn't get picked. I had him 11th on my list. He had a weird year. 
Some of it was injury related. Drew Brees forgot how to throw. He got a little, you know, gotten some trouble at practice or whatever. Michael Thomas is an absolute complete top to bottom number one receiver. And I still believe that. And I think if we had done this list a year ago, I think he would have gone very high. So again, that's what I said when I had three Ohio state guys, I had boasted chase young and Michael Thomas that I was choosing between at the end. I'm not surprised he didn't go, but I still think he's it, man. Not Tyreek Tyreek special, but I think next, I think he's still the guy. So I agreed with everything you just said about Michael Thomas up until this year when his own teammate, Malcolm Jenkins called him slant boy and Michael Thomas punched him for it. That's a heck of an insult. And I just, I don't know if it was like just trying to get under his skin and it worked or banter, or if there's some truth there, it might be a strange reason to walk back on a player, but the, the locker room knows best. And for some reason, that's the type of disrespect that any receiver we've named, including obviously DeAndre Hopkins, who I don't think was drafted, they're not getting that type of disrespect. I, I just thought that was a, a story we didn't really talk about either. It just, I don't know. You don't disrespect a bona fide number one like that if he truly is. Let me throw one more question to you guys because I think this is relevant. We only took one Cleveland Brown. Which Browns player got left out? I, I was thinking about Odell. I was thinking, you know, if I were thinking about the, you know, just that when you think of sheer talent, when you just think of a football player that does amazing things on the football field, not stats or any of those kinds of things, you know, I, I, I think Odell in my mind seems to me like he should be pretty high up on a list of, of non-quarterbacks. Here, let, let's do this real quick. I'll put all of you on the spot. Take one of your picks. We're doing this draft a year from now. Replace one of your picks with a Cleveland Brown. Super simple. I'll take out Stephon Diggs and add Odell Beckham Jr. for what everything Mary Kay just said. I was looking at a list. It wasn't reputable, but it was just like as to whatever, to get some sense of it. And Wyatt Teller was the 13th highest rated non-quarterback on their list. Yeah. And I know we were joking. Like, I, I'm Scott, did you consider it? Like, was that, would he be the guy you'd throw in? I mean, I wasn't going to take him uh, in the draft in the way we were doing it, but yeah, I mean, Wyatt Teller, I think is the guy that he's probably the, the other Cleveland Browns coming off the list here based on last season. I'm curious how far we would have gone before we got to someone like Nick Chubb. I mean, he's somebody who, who could be in the top 20 uh, next season, but mm-hmm. I think Wyatt Teller just, who knows what he's going to be next year. I mean, he was lights out this year. Can he repeat that? Um, if he can, then, I mean, if this is the perfect offense for this guy, then you're talking about one of the best guards in the NFL. I'm going to say J. Watt. <laughs> oh, fun. <laughs> That's dangerous and fun. <laughs> you dropped that like in the last <laughs> minute you, of an hour-long podcast. <laughs> are, are you taking TJ off your list for JJ? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I'd probably take Alexander off my list and put J.J. Watt in there. Oh, that is ruthless. Mm. I mean, I don't... <laughs> Dan, you're gonna have to te- you're gonna have to tease that at the start if you record the intro. It'd be like, stay for the last minute. <laughs> you know, I don't mean to like make this guy my guy because it's I don't really think of him as my guy. But like Jack Conklin, I mean, if Jack Conklin, what if Jack Conklin's like the best right tackle in football, and borderline as valuable as almost any left tackle? I mean, I think I, I don't know that you'd be there here now, but I think maybe in a year you might get there. Yeah, PFF had both uh, Wyatt Teller and Joel Petonio ranked ahead of Jack Conklin on their 101, and I, I disagreed with it. I'm all on board with your love for Jack Conklin. Probably just he doesn't unsung hero, for, which is strange, though he's a first-team All-Pro. You know what, though, and, and I, I, not to take anything away from anybody, and I know that I'm always the, uh, you know, the Debbie Downer when it comes to this kind of stuff, but I still want to see those guys against the Nick Bosa's and the Joey Bosa's and some of those, those people. So I think next year it'll be interesting to see how those guys handle some of that. And by the way, if Jair Alexander made a leap this year, the Denzel Ward leap might be coming. Mm-hmm. Denzel well, was, Ward a year from now might be there. That was mine. That, that I would put Denzel Ward in, in one of my two defensive back spots that I ended up picking. We, I feel like we kind of, we just keep waiting for Denzel Ward to take that next step. Kind of mm-hmm. like with Miles Garrett. Now Miles Garrett, has maybe shown us a little more, you know, we think, we think there's still more with miles Garrett. I think there's still more with Denzel Ward too, especially if he's able to stay healthy and play a full season. And I think that has a chance to happen next year. So a year from now, I might be taking Denzel Ward 
you know, over a, a Xavier Howard or somebody like that. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It says a lot about where this Browns team is. Like they're this close to those guys going from, you know, all-star to superstar to use another basketball reference. And they're, they're right there. It's going to be fascinating to see where it goes next year. The thing about Denzel is um, it always seems to me like he's going to miss those four games a year. You know what I mean? Like I, it's almost like you have to count on having to replace him for something four games a year. That's been his trend. It'd be nice to see what he could do if he could stretch it out over a 16 game season. Another round table, another draft wrapping up our miles Garrett bark week. Uh, we ended up putting miles there at 11th. We all kind of agreed that ended up being too low that he really does belong in that top 10. If we're talking non quarterbacks in the NFL. So check out all of our bark. week coverage at cleveland.com slash Browns uh, to read some of it. You're going to have to be a football insider. So click on the blue banner at the top of the page and get signed up for that. And of course, make sure you're subscribed here to this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts five a week, including a guy to watch the tape that drops on Thursdays and then our normal daily pods. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Next week is Odell Beckham Jr., I believe. So we get to have some fun next week with Odell. So for Scott Ellis, Mary Kay, and Doug, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. Your team sucks. <laughs>